Welcome to Shift, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started with Kathy Hart from Score at the Top, and I'd love if you could introduce yourself and uh, your company. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for hosting me, Tyler. So, um, as you said, my name is Kathy Hart, and I'm with Score at the Top Learning Centers and Schools, and we are a family-owned multi-campus company um, based primarily in South Florida. Although we work with students all over the country and all over the world. Um, We have uh, small classroom schools, we do test prep, um, and we also have the Judy Rabinovitz Associates Educational Consulting uh, Group, of which I'm a part of. So I'm an independent educational consultant with that organization with Score at the Top. Great. And so that makes you a great person to talk about today's topic, which is really just a primer on all things related to the Common App, right? So let's approach this as as if someone's never really heard of Mm -hmm. the Common App before, or they've heard of it, but they don't really know what it is. Um, So first, like, if you could just run through the basics, right? Like, what is the Common App and why does it exist? All right. So the Common App has actually been around for for a good number of years, although students are uh, current students are familiar with it in its present platform, which, of course, is an online format. And it's basically one stop shopping for college applications. So they have close to one thousand member institutions. So the students Mm -hmm. can go to this one platform and apply Students are limited to only 20 colleges. They can't apply to all 1,000, not that they would actually (laughs) want to, but they get a great, so pretty much um, in terms of of, of national universities, um, I primarily work with with students in the United States who are applying to colleges in the United States. I mean, pretty much every well-known college university um, in the U.S. is on the Common App. More and more are added from year to year. And also there's a good number of international colleges on there, which makes it attractive to students as well. Fantastic. And so the purpose of the Common App is to make your life easier as a student, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of standardizing this process. So what it, what is in the Common App? What are like the core pieces of it? Good, good. So when a student creates a Common App account, which only takes a few moments, then they just need their name, address, their birth date, some basic demographic information. Um, they get brought to a landing page and they'll see five tabs. And the central tab is actually named Common App. And that's where the student will en- enter in um, information only one time that gets sent out to the colleges each time they apply. And we can talk more about that process a little later. So there mm-hmm. is a section for the student and um, you know his or her, their demographics. There's a place for them to provide information about their family, about their educational background, activities, testing, um, the SAT, ACT. And there's also a place for them to write an essay and submit any additional information that they may want colleges to know. And so all of that, that, that those sections are located on that main Common App tab. So it's nice for the student, they t- excuse me, they typically only have to enter that information um, once throughout the application process. Right. And then once you have that, then there's also, you know, different schools might have additional essays or things like that that they're asking you to do. Is that in a different place? Yeah. Yeah. So what the students will do is 
there is a college search tab and it's really nice. The students will click on that. They'll type in the first few letters of the name of a college that they're interested in. It'll generate the list so they can scroll down and select the colleges that um, they're interested in applying. And then that opens up um, the college's own questions in the My Colleges tab. And that's where the student can see, oh, for each college, what other additional information do they need from me? So yes, in many instances, that might include additional essays that are specific to the college. Um, that's also gonna be the place where the student can indicate um, an interest in major, what sort of decision plan, application plan, are they applying early, are they applying rolling, are they applying regular? Um, and it also mm -hmm. gives them a chance to invite uh, teachers and their counselor um, to provide letters of recommendation in most, most instances. So everything is all done on this one platform and these tabs are clearly labeled so the student knows where to go and which information to enter where. Great, and so then, when you're making this application, what are the key things that you should be focusing the most time on, right? I think like the probably you got to get all the stats right, but that's not the, mo the majority mm -hmm. of your time, right? So what what is the focus of your time? So I would say primarily the writing. I mean, certainly the data entry, you're right, doesn't take too much time, although I always remind students that since they're so used to dealing with so many online platforms and they have usernames and passwords and sometimes they're not always paying careful attention to, did I capitalize my name or even spell you know, my dad's name correctly? So do taking a little bit of time to make sure because this is a profession, this is their college application. Um, but then yeah. the other parts of the application that do need a, a, you know, a good amount of time are gonna be the essay section. Um, and so Common App will ask the students to write one main essay and the colleges will often have their own essays. And there's also a detailed activity list. It's called the activity section. And that's where the student can fill out not only what they did, the number of hours, the number of weeks, but also spend some time writing a brief description, but an accurate one for each of those activities. And they get up to 10, 10 to two lists. So that can also take a little bit of time because a student really wants to be in very, very few characters. It's 150 characters with spaces uh, accurately describing what they did, the impact they had in any initiative or leadership roles they, they played. Yeah, I mean, that sounds actually pretty challenging. 150 characters is not very much. I'm curious if you have any tips for, uh, you know, how to write those little <laughs> 150 character lines. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, I always recommend starting with a resume. Sometimes it's easier to write out more about the activity, whether it's in a traditional resume format where you're using bullet points and those active verbs, or sometimes for students who might not have a resume, it's just starting with a, a doc of some sort, sort and just doing a brain dump. I think brainstorming is one of those you know, uh, superpowers of, of any application component because it gives you the chance to just, just kind of list out what you did, when you did it, and the impact you had. And then going through and really just, um, just again, it's just like any piece of writing. It'll probably take a few drafts in order to adequately describe, oh, I played soccer in high school. Okay, well, I did more than play soccer. I was, I was a team captain. I was a mentor. I was organizing carpools. I was participating in the, in the annual fundraisers. So really listing that all out and then picking out those key components and then tr 
really abbreviating it to that 150 characters. So yeah, it does take a little bit of time and definitely don't do it right on the common app in the text box, you know, start another doc and do your, your drafting there. Yeah. And I think that process is probably a good one in general, like do most of your drafting on docs before bringing the final version to the common app. I'm sure that you can update your common app, right? Like it's not like you submit it once and it's locked in forever. Uh, but I also, I find it really helpful to have all my old notes and all my old versions because mm -hmm. <clears throat> maybe I, you know, changed the way that I wrote something and then now I want to go back and, you know, go back to what I wrote before, you know, if you don't have that saved, then it's gone. Right, right. It's always good because you can never tell. And, and sometimes in the brainstorming process, again, if you're using soccer as our example, if I'm doing an activity brainstorm, well, I might end up writing a short essay about my soccer involvement. So nothing ever goes to waste. That's what I always tell students. None of your notes, none of your brainstorming. That's always there. It's a great resource to hang on to as you work through the application process. Yeah. And so then when you're get, sitting down to do your common app, uh, how much time do you kind of think that people should allot to this? Or maybe like it's a matter of how many hours you think it's going to take, or maybe it's a matter of how much time they should give themselves, whether it's like a month or two months to do it. Like what are your recommendations? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely with anything in the college application process, um, earlier is always better. Now doing some of the basic data entry might take a couple hours. So if you have a quiet Saturday or Sunday morning, you can sit down, you can input, you know, mm -hmm. again, some of that basic information that shouldn't take long. Um, but really the, the longer parts of the application, that activity list, the essays, that really depends on the student. I always like to think of it in terms of, of, of drafts as well. So if I'm working on a common app essay draft and Sometimes I can, you know, a student can get a, a good draft done, say maybe two or three attempts or drafts. Other students who might be slower writers and might, you know, take a little longer coming up with ideas or might need to do more revisions, that might look like a seven or eight draft process. So you could figure maybe upwards of if one draft equals an hour, maybe seven to eight hours, maybe 10 to 15 hours. So it really, really varies. But What's nice about the Common App is students can really open up their application or start their application really at any point during high school. And many times juniors or you know, sometimes even younger students will, um, will create an account early on, even though they're not going to be actually ready to submit until after um, August 1st is typically when most college applications go live for that year's senior class, but the students can preview those questions because a lot of that data entry does not change from year to year. And indeed that mm -hmm. main section of the common app, the, uh, the, that central tab labeled common app, that information typically saves during um, when, the, when the application rolls over from year to year. So it, it's honestly never, never too early because again, life happens, kids have exams, they've got activities, they have great things going on otherwise outside of college applications. So definitely, you know, not leaving it for the last minute and definitely it can't be done in, in really a day or even a weekend, I would say, especially for the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not a weekend. And I think also <laughs> having some space between when you write your first draft and, and then when you edit it or when you write your first draft and you have your parents look at it, or maybe you have your teacher look at it, they're not going to do it like that second. Maybe your parents will. Right. If it's if you got one weekend to go. Right. But if if you want 
to have time to think about it and you want feedback. I think that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as your planning goes, when you're, so like when you're kind of thinking about how you allocate time to the different portions of the common app, do you have a sense for, you know, maybe it's a percentage or maybe it's like number of hours or whatever, but just like how much time should go towards the essays versus everything else? That's probably going to take up most of the time. I would say probably 50 to 75% of the time. Again, it's a very rough estimate depending on the on the student and, and their motivation mm-hmm. and, and their writing level. But I would certainly say most students, that's where the majority of the time is is spent is really crafting very good essays. And, and as you said, giving, uh, giving the, the essays, I always tell the kids, you know, give them, give them a rest, give them a night to sleep. You know, you think it's done, come back to it with fresh eyes the next day, maybe in a couple of days and take a peek and see, does it look good? Does it still need more revision? And then go from there. Got it. And then any other just like advice and tips and strategy for dealing with the common app? Yeah, well, again, you know, starting early and allotting enough time is important. Um, I think one thing that that um, is is um, and you had mentioned earlier, can I go back and change my common app throughout the process? And that's something that students um, sometimes get a little confused on. I think I think the some students will perceive, oh, well, I just have to fill it out once. And then I automatically submit all my college applications all at all at once. And that's not what happens. Students will actually submit individually to each college. So let's say I'm applying to, um, you know, College X now. So I hit submit on their page and I'm applying to College Y and then I'll hit submit on on their page. So just making sure to, you know, give yourself enough time to complete all the elements, do those individual submissions, um, and then just to be aware that while you can change answers and responses, of course, on the college's own pages, because those are going to be unique to those colleges, if I needed to make a change or an update on the Common App main section itself, I can do that for any colleges, any future colleges to which I haven't submitted. But if there is an update after I've hit submit on the Common App, then I, the student, have to reach out to the colleges that already received it and said, oh, hey, you know, I was, uh, you know, on the soccer team and I just found out I made captain and I didn't include it on my application. But I'm really excited to let you know that I'm taking on this leadership role for my senior year. Right. And then do you feel like also like uh, test scores would fall into that category where you're like, I, I want to update you because I got higher test scores? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a common area as, as well, too, for students that may have self-reported on their Common App or maybe they chose not to self-report. Maybe they're still waiting for results when they're sending out their applications. And usually colleges, um, the way they can receive those, those test scores will either be, of course, going to College Board or ACT student and logging in and, and clicking on send scores and paying the fee associated with that. Or many times colleges will allow students to make those updates on the applicant portal, which is the follow-up step to the Common App. So I always tell students, the Common Apps are going to get those applications out into the world, out into the colleges. But then it's the student's responsibility to monitor emails and then attend to any follow-up tasks that will take place on the college's own site on what's called an applicant portal. 
after the fact. And you're right, in those instances with test scores, so if I've submitted all my applications by November, but I'm taking a December test, and I'd like to share that with the colleges, typically I'll do that um, either through sending that official report or perhaps self-reporting it on the college's um, own portal afterwards, or sending a note to my admissions officer, my admissions counselor as well. Great. That's really helpful advice. And then the last question I have for you on this is, so the Common App has a place to put your scores in the Common section, but what happens if you're applying to a test optional school and you don't want to include your scores? Is there an option for that? Yeah, yeah, it's actually very easy. You can just select no there and it'll automatically suppress those scores that were entered. So if I wanted to self-report my scores, I can click yes and then I'll be prompted to either select SAT, ACT, Am I going to take a future test? What's my highest score? What's the date of that highest score for each section? But exactly, if I'm going to go test optional for, for a couple of the colleges on my list, I can just go right back to that testing page. I can select no, and then that information is now suppressed so those colleges won't get it. So it's a nice feature. And then I can click yes um, if I'm applying to another college later on and I'm, I'm planning to submit scores because those scores are serving as a favorable point. Great. Any sort of final thoughts on the Common App or the way to make the most of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, it, it's, it's a wonderful platform. Um, and just seeing that more and more colleges are, are coming on board every year, it's always exciting to see that, oh, this college and that college are now uh, Common App members. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it makes applying to college very easy and logical. Um, again, my, my biggest piece of advice would, would be, I think, re repeating myself from earlier, you know, just to students, you know, make sure to give yourself time to work through it. Make sure that you're going back and checking your work because accuracy and, you know, make, and, uh, is, is, is important for your college application. Um, and, you know, always making sure to have a second set of eyes, you know, whether it's a parent, a counselor, a teacher, another trusted adult. It's always good because sometimes our eyes miss things after we look at the same page and set of data over and over again. So always make sure to get that second set of eyes before you you hit submit to make sure you don't have any, you know, careless errors there. Got it. Thanks so much. All right. This well, has thank been you. Shift. Yeah. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Kathy Hart from Score at the Top. And you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by going to achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast. You'll get 10% off when you buy it.